0: Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3. That's 800-747-3733, title sponsors from day number one, no, before. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home... Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Tuesday, the 17th of October. Good to have you aboard. Part of the Believe Podcast Network and everything Zaslow Show 2.0. Presented by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine. Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, 800-747-3733. If you're dealing with a personal injury caused by an accident that was not your fault, you want to get, call 911 first, then you call Anajar and Levine. It could be a boating accident, motorcycle, slip and fall, hit and run. If you're dealing with a back injury, it could happen at work, on the road, in public. If you suffered long-term back pain through no fault of your own, Anajar and Levine are going to help you pursue compensation. They are dedicated to providing the highest Client support with no hidden fees or costs. Anna and Levine, accident attorneys, 800 747 free, 800 747 3733. We are through week six of the NFL season. Last night, Monday Night Football, Cowboys beat the Chargers 20 to 17. And Bet Online, your number one information source. For all your sports wagering info with all the -the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns, get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for all your NFL, all your college football games. It's at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds all throughout the college football playoff, all through the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the Bet Online website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. Glad to have you with us here on a Tuesday. We got a lot of fun stuff to get to. We're gonna to talk to Dave Hyde, South Florida Sun Sentinel. We'll do some Dolphins with him because I, I got something on my mind that I'm not happy about in regards to the Dolphins. Specifically, in regards to uh to, to Bill Belichick most, most specifically, and him chasing Don Shula's all time coaching wins record. We'll get to that in a moment. First, though, the Florida Panthers last night, they get their first win of the season. First two points of the year. They avoid going 0-3 to start the year. You think I need that shit in my life? So the Panthers, they get the W in New Jersey last night. They win 4-3. We're obviously very pleased about that. The Panthers will come home for Thursday night against Toronto. Team they took out in five games in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So I've expected... Look, it's probably going to be a sellout. I think there's some tickets remaining I'm a game-time decision whether or not I go on Thursday. I'm monitoring the ticket prices. I'd like to take my younger son, Jordan. We'll see. Uh, like I said, game-time decision. We'll see how much the prices drop by the time we get to puck drop. But Panthers now 1-2, two, two points, coming home to open their season on Thursday. Excellent job last night. Sergey Bobrovsky was amazing. Now the Panthers... They gave up three goals in the third period, and it got dicey. But Bobrovsky is why they won that game. The offense looked good. Bobrovsky did enough to hang on. But most specifically, through the first two periods, he was awesome. So anyway, Panthers win 4-3. Let's give you a little bit of a recap there as far as the goal scorers. Things got started actually early in this one as Sam Reinhardt scored to get things going. Working the boards. It comes for Ida Rodriguez in the slot. And they score! The Panthers cash in early. They've got the lead. Sneaky Sam. Reinhardt. Another deflection goal for the Florida Panthers. This all started with Barkoff winning the battle along the board. That was the start of a big night for Reinhardt. And you like that he's got it going early in the season. Because if you remember last year, he didn't score his first goal last season until like 10 games in. He got off to a slow start and which to another 30-goal season, Sam Reinhardt. So that made it 1-0, and then it was Carter Verhage with a beautiful backhand. Kachuk fires it ahead. Verhage catches up to it. Backhander score! What a goal by Carter Verhage! And the Panthers have the 2-0 lead in the first. Oh, boy, that's a goal in any league. Into the second period, one of the Panthers' new defensemen, who everybody seems to rave about heading into this season based on the training camp that he had, brings a physical style, a little nasty that, you know, you're losing this year, obviously, with Radko Gudas having left. Here's Nico Mikola with his first goal as a Panther from Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk finds Verhege at the line. Kulikov beautifully holds it in with his skate. Kachuk is front score! Mikola with his first as a and it's three nothing. The Devils are guilty of just all five skaters on the ice
1: just watching the puck carrier.
0: And early in the third period, he had Sam Reinhart with another deflection, his second goal of the night. Good reach there by Ekman-Larson to hold it in the zone. Barkov. Ekman-Larson with a shot, scored, deflected in. Reinhart was out in front again, and the. Pick Panthers stretch it out to a four-nothing lead. It's all about making adjustments,
1: and as Goldie said, with the Chuck in the penalty box, they got to change up their strategy.
0: He's not going to be in front of the or the side of the net, so get it back to the point, And Reinhardt really takes his spot. Hell yeah! So the Panthers go up four nothing. They're kicking the shit out of the Devils. But then the Devils, they got it going. You had one goal, make it four one. A power play goal, four two. Then. They, they they had an extra skater. They pulled the goalie. About four minutes left. They got another power play there. They scored 4-3. And things got a little bit hairy after that as well <clears throat> with the empty net. Panthers actually missed two opportunities, especially Ryan, uh, Verhage, who had a wide open net, just shot it over the cross, or just over the crossbar. Terrible job would have iced the game. Instead, they wind up surviving. It wasn't like a mad scrum At the very end. They did a good job protecting Bobrovsky. And and now you feel good. Coming home on Thursday. They're going to raise the Eastern Conference Championship banner. Just the second in franchise history. It's against the Maple Leafs. You're going to have a lot of Toronto fans there. Speaking of Toronto. You go outside this morning. It's fucking cold out, man. It's a snow day out there. It's got to be like 60 degrees. It's beautiful. But man, be careful. You got to stay safe out there. It's very, very cold. So anyway. I was super pumped about the Panthers winning last night. Last night was a great sports night. <clears throat> had excuse me, had the Panthers had Monday Night Football, game kind of well, The Second half was good. First half of that game stunk. Monday Night Football, Monday Night Raw, which I only got to watch a little bit of it after Monday Night Football ended. I put on Monday Night Raw around 11:30ish. I saw the start of the show, Sami Zayn opening up the show. Judgment Day was going to attack him. Jey Uso comes to make the save, but Sammy's not necessarily happy with Jey Uso because Kevin Owens got traded to SmackDown as a result of the Jey Uso uh, acquisition. It's it's a whole thing, all right? It's a whole thing. So I watched a little bit of Raw last night. I'll watch the rest of it today. I'm sure it was great because it was a season premiere. By the way, new episode—well, this week's episode of It's Still Real to Me usually drops on the weekend. It dropped last night before Monday Night Raw, because you guys know I had major internet issues in my house over the weekend. So, you got kind of a bonus episode of It's Still Real to Me last night. I think it's a good episode and I like the video format as well. Podcast is most important, but if you want to check out the video as well, it's there on the YouTube page and we actually didn't live stream it last night, but we did it with the same format that the live stream is at the two boxes and and the crawl on the bottom. So, Anyway, go check that out. Get caught up with everything going on with wrestling. And of course, yesterday, you had American League Championship Series Game 2, National League Championship Series Game 1. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit with Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. So, like I said, we're going to talk to Dave Hyde, South Florida Sun-Sentinel. I want to talk to him about something Dolphin-related, which we'll get to, get to in a second. But he wrote this morning in the Sun-Sentinel about the Marlins and Kim Ng. And I thought he had a really interesting perspective, okay? (laughs) Before we get to that, I'll tell you who else was super happy about the Panthers last night. My man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. You remember he took me and my son Jordan to Stanley Cup Final Game game 4 we went to. Yeah, Game 4. Sheets and Giggles, the best sleep of your life when you go to sheetsgiggles.com. My man Colin, he's a huge Panther fan, obviously. And if I told you, you could get the best sleep of your life irresistibly soft eucalyptus sheets. Would that be something you'd be interested in? What if I told you that you could also get 20% off your entire first order if you use promo code Zazlo at checkout? Would that be something you'd be interested in? How about sleeping cool and comfortable all night long on the softest, most breathable sheets? Yeah, like, it's enough already. Go to sheetsgiggles.com, and also, they have their annual fall sale going on right now. So the fall sale and... Zazlow promo code 20% off at checkout your first order you're gonna get the sheets you're gonna get the comforter I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow support the sponsors that support the show that's how we keep this thing going round and round and when you go to sh- that's how we keep it free and when you go to sheetsgiggles.com, you're not gonna have to shop anywhere else for your sheets ever again just like the Zazlo family, you're going to be one of over 100,000 Americans that are sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back. Sheetsgiggles.com. Sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. 20% off at checkout. So, Dave Hyde wrote earlier today about the Marlins, you know, about Kimming leaving. And I talked about it yesterday because the news broke right before we started yesterday's show. And let's be, I thought Dave had an interesting perspective, and we'll talk to him about it today. But like I said yesterday, bringing back Kim Ng, like Kim Ng running the Marlins front office is not the be-all end-all. It's not like she's some amazing executive. That's still to be determined. Just because she had one year of success in her third year running the team, really second year running the team because that boob Derek Jeter was still in control her first year. We don't know if she's a great exec. But based on what she did this past year, I'd have liked to give her a chance to build on that. It also is insulting for Kim Ng to hear Bruce Sherman tell her, A, we're not offering you an extension yet, I'm just picking up your option for next year, and B, like her going into a lame duck year You strip her of all her power, essentially, if she's going into a lame duck year. That's not how you do business. If you believe in this person, you give them a contract. And the second part is, yes, he was essentially going to strip her of her power, Bruce Sherman, because he wanted to hire a president of baseball operations to put above her. It's very insulting. But I don't think that it's not like they may hire someone who's going to be better than her. The point that I've been making for the last couple weeks since the Marlins season ended was this is a super important offseason to get the Marlins fan on board with the direction of this franchise. You are not going to see a change in attendance late in the season even though the team was competing for a playoff spot. You're not even necessarily going to see a change in attendance next season. You got to string together a few years in a row to gain the trust of the fan base. That's what the Panthers have done now. The Panthers are going to sell out almost every home game this year. Because they have now built trust with the fan base. Kimming is not some super extraordinary general manager. But letting her walk. Gives the consistent sign of instability. In this Marlins franchise. And the goodwill that you were building now this past year. An owner who... We don't have to trust. There's no reason to trust this cheapskate Bruce Sherman. And now, another reason not to trust the Marlins. Because they said, yeah, you know what? We're essentially going to start over. We're going to bring someone else new in here to run the franchise. And we're going to let her walk in a very embarrassing fashion for the team. So, note to Marlin fan. You still have a franchise you cannot trust. You have an owner. That you cannot trust. So, to me, a very, very important offseason has already put the offseason in the shitter. Has already been an embarrassment. Not because, oh my god, what are they going to do without Kim Ng, But because you cannot trust this owner. You can't do it. He's super cheap. And the decision making is obviously very sus. That's what the kids say. The kids... When something is suspect, the kids say sus. Bruce Sherman, you sus. So anyway, we'll talk, to, we'll talk to Dave Hyde about that. But what I really want to talk to Dave Hyde about. So yesterday, and by the way, we got Twitter Jam today. It's Thursday, uh, Tuesday. You know we do Twitter Jam. Twitter Jam will be on Kimming. We have power rankings that we have to update this, the week is over for the NFL. We're looking ahead to a new week. So every Tuesday, we give you the Zaslow Show 2.0 NFL Power Rankings. Matter of fact, before I get to the Dolphin stuff, you know what? Since we're already talking about Kimming and the fallout and everything from yesterday, let's just get right after it. Let's get to Twitter Jam. Alright, so today's edition of Twitter Jam, like I told you, Kimming, that was the big news yesterday. So here's what we got for you. And, of course, Twitter Jam, we go over, you know, whatever the big story is or stories are, and, you know, we we, we read the tweets. We tell you what's going on. All right, so here we go. First up, this tweet is from... Hold on, let me gather myself here. Okay, here we go. This tweet is from Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan, he covers baseball for ESPN. He's one of the best insiders out there. He says, the Miami Marlins wanted to hire a president of baseball operations over general manager Kim Ng, leading to her departure from the organization, sources told ESPN. When reached, Ng declined comment, but sources said she would have been the number two after constructing a playoff team. Yeah, that's an embarrassment. Michelle Steele responds to that tweet from Jeff Passan. Michelle Steele, she's a reporter for ESPN. She also does SportsCenter, and she writes, Call it dysfunction or bias, but the outcome is the same. A GM who led the team to the playoffs is stepping away after Marlins leadership attempted to layer her under a superior. I mean, think about it. You know how hard it is for a woman? First ever female. And I'm not trying to say she's so great. I really don't know how good she is. But the first ever female. To be a general manager in Major League Baseball, led the team to the playoffs, and has voluntarily resigned. That's an embarrassment for the Marlins. You know how hard she had to work and break barriers and all that stuff to get that gig, and then coming off of a successful season, she walks away from it. That's how bad Bruce Sherman is. That's what a booby is. All right. Let's keep it going here. This next tweet here is from... This is from DJ Sixsmith. He is a a senior manager at CNBC. All right, what's his deal? He says, Kimming had to wait 30 years before she became a general manager. The Marlins won 84 games this year and made it to the playoffs in a full 162-game season for the first time since 2003. No other GM would have had to worry about someone else being hired above them. Good for Ng for walking away. Well, I don't know if it's good for her for walking away, but she was clearly so insulted that she had to walk away. This next tweet here is from Ken Lavica. Ken Lavica, ESPN 760, West Palm. ESPN 106.3, West Palm, I should say. We like him. He responds with, Buying the Marlins franchise also comes with a written agreement that you'll be the most narcissistic doofus imaginable. Yeah, and that's in response to the quotes coming from Tyler Kepner from The Athletic, who got some quotes from Kimming herself yesterday. Good job there out of Ken Levica. All right, this next tweet here is from, ah, this is from the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz at Lebitard Show. And it's, it's a link To David Sampson, former Marlins president, he speaks on Kimming and the Miami Marlins organization. I'm not at all surprised that they're parting ways. I was just surprised at the timing, especially during the LCS, especially with two games going on today. Baseball wants to keep its focus on the playoffs and on the field. And you're getting a lot of attention now, and it's negative attention because people are thinking it's a step backwards because Kim was the first female GM and got a ton of attention for that. But at the end of the day, when you hear philosophical differences, what that means is a power struggle that the employee is always going to lose to the owner every single time. And I think people within baseball knew that this was going on, so there's not a lot of surprise inside the industry. I mean, I, I don't know about, I mean, Samson's not surprised, but, you know, Jeff Passant said in his report that it's left the baseball community stunned. So, I, I don't I don't know how accurate Samson is in that spot. I mean, like, you're not surprised, it doesn't surprise you that Kim Ng, first ever female general manager, they just got to the playoffs and walks away, that's not surprising to you? Yeah, I don't know if i buy that from Samson. This next tweet is from New York Post Sports. And it's a link to SNY, a New York Mets show on SNY, talking about Kim Ng, And it's, quote, this woman is overqualified. If the Mets want her, they better go to her home and beg her to take this job. Here's the clip. I'm sure the Mets would wish she was a candidate for their general manager job, but frankly, if I'm Kim Ang, why would I go to that? Why would I go to that situation? You're in a position where David Stearns is going to be calling the shots, and you have to work underneath him. Now, Jeff Passan had a report that the same issue—that that was the same issue she was confronted with at the Marlins. You do all this work, you take the tenth lowest payroll in baseball, you bring them to the postseason for the first time since 2003 in a 162-game season. Uh, you're you're able to acquire talent, you're able to build for within, and now you're going to the Mets where someone else is going to tell you to do your job. She is talented enough. She has done enough where she should be the one taking the lead here. And I think that's, a, that's where she's going to want to go. All right. And that right there is another Tuesday edition of Twitter Jam. All right. So before we get Dave Hyde on the show here, and we'll ask him a little bit about the Marlins. First, though, I want to tell you guys how comfortable I am every night in my home. And the reason I'm so comfortable is I know that, God forbid, something happens to my home. I'm covered. I'm not going to lose everything. And that's because I get my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. If you're unhappy with your current policy, if you think you're paying too much, if you think you deserve a little bit better, well, wherever you're calling from in the state of Florida, from Pensacola to the Keys, Brunt Insurance has offices all throughout the state of Florida. A few months ago, they were ranked number one insurance agency in the state of Florida. Top five in the country. At Brunt Insurance, they specialize in providing you the most comprehensive and affordable coverage out there. Let Greg Brunt and his team take care of you. They have the expertise and the experience to find the right coverage for you. And that also includes comprehensive policies on both trailers and motorhomes. 954-589-2204. You're making the right call when you call Brunt Insurance. Now, maybe you're looking for automobile insurance, motorcycle insurance, boaters insurance, bruntinsurance.com. And you don't have to worry. There's so many options out there. Greg Brunt and his fully licensed staff at Brunt Insurance, they specialize in making all the confusing options out there crystal clear. They're going to guide you every step of the way. 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. The only insurance agency I use for my home. I've been with them for almost 10 years now. 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. So, I'm driving around yesterday. I got ESPN Radio on. I'm on ESPN Radio. These are my colleagues. It's my coworkers. I'm listening to. So I'm listening to ESPN Radio. I really like the new lineup, by the way. I think they did a really good job putting it together in the fall for the fall lineup. My favorite show, obviously, Amber and Ian, every night, 7 to 10 p.m. But I'm listening. I also like Carlin versus Joe a lot. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. And so I'm listening to Carlin versus Joe yesterday. And they're talking about Belichick. All right, I've been talking about Belichick. I've been talking about Belichick. How, like, he's not going to catch Shula. He's twenty-nine wins away. Uh, like, how many? How many games? How many more games is Belichick going to win this year? Is he even going to be with the Patriots after this year? Is he going to coach again after this year? He is a ways away from twenty-nine more wins. And by the way, the the record. Because I heard Bruschi talk about this the other day on television, Teddy Bruschi. And he mentioned Shula, 348 wins. Belichick, 330, I think he said. That's not how the record works. You don't include playoffs. And this is a... Playoff stats don't count for your overall stats. The, The record is 328. Regular season wins. Belichick has 299. That's the record. You don't count playoffs. So, anyway... And, I'm listen- and I've talked a lot about it recently about Belichick because he's the most overrated coach there is. We have now learned that. Now, that doesn't mean Belichick isn't a great coach. He has been a great coach. But he's also the most overrated coach ever. He's one of the greatest coaches ever. But the idea that he's all the way up here and everyone else is way down here, uh-uh. He is so overrated. And overrated doesn't mean bad. I've told you a million times. I think The Hangover is the most overrated movie of all time. I love The Hangover. But people talk about The Hangover like it's the greatest comedy of all time. Not even close. It's the most overrated movie, The Hangover. Belichick is the most overrated head coach of all time. And so I'm listening to Carlin versus Joe And they bring up the record and Belichick chasing Shula. And very flippant, they just brush aside Belichick, obviously, being a better coach than Don Shula. Now, I strongly disagree with that. But even if you don't strongly disagree with it like I do, even if you certainly believe Belichick is a better coach all-time than Don Shula, that's fine. But the problem I had was the idea that it's not even a debate. It's not even a conversation. Belichick, definitely better than Shula. Everyone would take Belichick over Shula. To me, that's bullshit. I think Shula is definitely better There was no point in Shula's career where you're pointed at him saying how overrated he was and how the only reason he did winning was because of this guy. Belichick we're looking at now and you could say, yeah, most overrated coach ever and the only reason, whether it's true or not, you can make a case the only reason he ever did winning was because of Brady. So here's the thing. If you like Belichick over Shula, Fine but it's at least a conversation that shula was just as good if not better so that's what I want to talk to Dave Hyde about because I think he'll be able to give some good insight so let's look at let's look at a few of the numbers here shula 328 wins total Belichick, 299 so 29 wins away but let's start with shula 328 wins overall he won two super bowls he made six appearances in the super bowl he won the NFL championship with Baltimore and then, of course, appeared in the Super Bowl, lost the very famous Super Bowl three to Joe Namath and the New York Jets. And the other five Super Bowl appearances, two and three with the Miami Dolphins. Shula took four quarterbacks to the Super Bowl. Four quarterbacks. Johnny Unitas, Bob Greasy, Earl Morrill, Dan Marino. Look at those two. Look, Unitas is regarded as one of the greatest ever. Marino regarded as one of the greatest ever. Look at the two in the middle. Go look at Bob Greasy's numbers. It's no first prize. Earl Morrill, four quarterbacks he took to the Super Bowl. Shula's record in Baltimore with the Colts as a very young coach, 71-23-4. Amazing record. Shula's record in Miami, though, then 257, 133, and 2. Obviously amazing record. And by the way, to the point that Shula retired, after Don Shula retired, the Miami Dolphins, I know it's hard for a lot of the younger audience to to understand this, to reconcile this fact, but until the late 90s, the Miami Dolphins, with Shula, and at this point, Shula was their head coach for almost 30 years, the Miami Dolphins were the winningest team. Regular season record, you know, percentage-wise. The Miami Dolphins were the winningest team in sports. Not football. Not the NFL. The winningest team in sports. Think about that. Shula, so, so to summarize, Shula's career. He was a winner in Baltimore, went to the Super Bowl. He, no under 500 seasons. He was a winner in the 70s, went to the Super Bowl three times with the Dolphins, won two of them, undefeated team, only team ever. Went to the Super Bowl twice in the 80s. One of them with Woodley, the other one with Marino. And in, oh yeah, so it should have been five, it should have been five Super Bowls, five quarterbacks he took to the Super Bowl, by the way. I only mentioned four earlier, because I didn't mention Woodley in, well, was it 1982, right? And in the 90s, his record was 59-37. and No under 500 seasons in the 90s. For his career, he had a total of two losing seasons. So, to summarize, Shula, all-time wins leader, two Super Bowl championships, six total appearances, took five different quarterbacks to the Super Bowl, Was a big winner in Baltimore, got to the Super Bowl. Was a big winner in the 70s with the Dolphins. Was a big winner in the 80s with the Dolphins. And was still a winning coach in the 90s with the Dolphins. Now let's get... So, Shula, a winner across the board. Belichick, 299 total wins. Six Super Bowls, nine Super Bowl appearances. Took one quarterback to the Super Bowl. Got there with one quarterback. Who is also known as the greatest ever? Belichick's record in Cleveland before he got to New England 36 and 44. Four out of five losing seasons, no playoff wins. Belichick's record in New England after Brady 26 and 30. And this year will be three. Of four losing seasons. Belichick was a massive winner. With Brady. He was a big loser before Brady. And a big loser after Brady. If you think Belichick is better than Shula. Fine. I disagree. But there's a conversation. To be had. About Shula being better. I believe he is. At the very least, it's a topic of conversation that Shula was and is a better coach than Bill Belichick all time. All right, so Dave Hyde, South Florida Sun Sentinel joining us here. We love when Dave makes time for us on the show. We got a few things that I want to cover with you, Dave. Good morning. I appreciate you hanging out with us today. And uh, let's, let's start out with your column this morning on the marlins the news yesterday on kim ing essentially resigning you know the story's a little bit more complicated than that but she's stepping away from the team and i thought you came with a really interesting perspective you you started out by making a case for both sides where you know she should have gotten the extension or maybe bruce sherman wants to go in a different direction because you know team was barely over 500 the farm system is kind of uh, Bereft now and their offense really kind of stunk, you know? And, and I thought that was an interesting perspective, but for me, you know, when I said yesterday, I don't think retaining Kim Ing or letting her go is the be all end all for me. I felt like this off season needed to be about showing the Marlins fan that we're trying to build something we're trying to go in the right direction. And I feel like letting Kim Ng walk sends sends the same message that the Marlin fan has been receiving for many, many years, just that it's an instable franchise.
1: Well, it is an instable yeah. franchise. I mean, you go from Wayne Heisinger to John Henry to Luria now, whatever owner, they, they don't they, it can't work financially down here the way people want it to you can't say oh the owner's got to spend more and more to show us that he matters it's not going to happen you've had billionaires say no it doesn't work that way and and the only way it's going to work is you and this is why this hire is so important is you got to get a pipeline from the minor leagues i mean that's that's the only way it can work and the question is um, you know, Derek Jeter came in and tried to do that. He was a disaster, an absolute disaster. I mean, they, they, five drafts and, and they sold off players, got draft picks, got other players. Um, but the idea is we're going to get high draft picks and and get the minors leagues up and get cheap labor because that's the model, the only model to win here. And um, he's got one player on the, on the roster. And Kim Ang was his hire. And the question becomes, if you're Bruce Sherman, who can draft and develop players and get that system going. And I know it's not that anybody wants to hear. I don't want to hear it because, okay, well, you're saying it'll be another few years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there's no alternative down here and we've seen it owner after owner after owner.
0: Yeah. I wanted it to, you know, I I feel like, or at least felt it's off to a terrible start in my opinion, but I felt like this off season was so important for them because, you know, the Marlin fan is not going to come out at the start of next season just based on what happened this year, all right? And I use the Florida Panthers as a great example. The Panthers now have made the postseason, for the first time in franchise history, three consecutive years. I don't count 2020 when they allowed 12 teams in. So they've made it three consecutive years. For the first time in their franchise history, now the fan base can look at it and say, we are a stable organization, and you know what? Starting this Thursday, and they're open against Toronto, they're probably going to be close to sold out every single home game this year because the fans can look at it and say, all right, we're building something here. And that's how I felt with the Marlins. you got to be able to put together a few years in a row, and I feel like it's already been soiled.
1: Well, I, you know what? I just didn't think last year was sustainable. To me, we talk about 2023 and Look at the success of our teams down here from FAU, starting with the FAU and Miami basketball, the Panthers, you mentioned, the Heat, obviously. Um, and, and then, but to me, the Marlins, what they did uh, w- when you look at their season, they are last in the league in runs scored, last, second to last in fielding. Uh, they were average in Team ER eight out of 15, 22nd in peril. How they made the playoffs is a testament to one stat. They were 34-12, and 12, I believe it was, in one-run games. Best in them, best percentage in the majors. That's not a sustainable number. That that That's that's happenstance. I mean, God bless their resiliency and their hard work and Skip Shoemaker and their bullpen, timely hitting. But everybody in baseball knows that stat. They, they were the worst in the league the year before. They're the best this year in one-run games. The biggest flip the biggest margin of change since the 1936 Boston Braves. Wow. So that, that tells you what they did, cheer them, applaud them. God bless that team. It was a lot of fun, but it, it just wasn't sustainable. And, and so if you're Bruce Sherman is okay, how can we get this to be sustainable? And th- there's only one model for it. And, and it's what no one wants to hear, but um, Jeter, Jeter, destroyed the minor league system um and and how was ang is is she's the solution that's the question is she a can assemble what's her front office look like and and what's bruce sherman see behind the scenes that we're not privy to to can they rebuild that and get the players drafted and developed
0: the panthers they get their first two points of the season last night I love it. At the start of every year, I could look forward to that Dave Hyde uh, optimistic Panther column. Going into this year, though, we really can feel optimistic because like I said, this is a team that, you know, current standing, current core, you expect them to be in the playoffs every single year now. So give me some thoughts now on this Panther team that's going to make their home debut on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, it's 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 look, every year, as you said, I would write this is the Panthers year sort of tongue in cheek because I mean they hadn't won a playoff series in 25 years till last year and 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 they were kind of it was just an easy thing to do to be honest with you. But um look what they have. They're they're coming off last year a miracle run, great run, and they got great things to build on from you 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 see rising young stars. The obvious Kachuk and Barkov and uh, you know they're up there, but the the, the Lustrainen and and um, Anton Lundell, you know, younger guys are coming up too. So the the question for them is going to be they're without the, probably their two best defensemen mm-hmm. right now, Montour and Aaron Eckblad until they're saying December, and that's from injuries sustained in the Stanley Cup run, and and so you know they won last night in New, in New Jersey. Um, and can they, you know, they play 16 games in, in a month without these guys. Can they keep the season, you know, just going fine? Eight, you know, 500, maybe a little better
0: if they can. So give me some thoughts here on Paul Maurice and, and, and to a lesser extent, Sergei Bobrovsky, because last year, I mean, I'm crushing Paul Maurice all throughout the season. I'm calling him the murderer of fun. You know, I wanted him out of here. And obviously, Bobrovsky for his previous four years was was pretty maligned by the fan base. But for me, both of them they're golden in my book. Now going forward, that run to the Stanley Cup was exactly why they brought Bobrovsky here. He got them there, and for Paul Maurice, you know, he Bill Zito to me, they were right. I was wrong. His style worked. They got to the Stanley Cup final. So for me, I'm good with both of them. What are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Look they
1: Bill Zito since the time he's come in the door has made so many good decisions in turning around what we we talked about, just a, you know, a stuck in the mud franchise. Okay. And he comes in and what he saw, you know, two years ago when they made the playoffs and and just kind of nosedived out of them was um, they don't play playoff hockey. So they bring in Paul Maurice who changed the style and it was, there's this transition in the regular season where you're saying, huh, would it be more fun just to have a fun regular season and go out in the playoffs or maybe go out in both of them ugly? Um, but they caught, you know, about late January, as he says it, they started playing the way he wanted them to play. And that twinned with Bobrovsky, um, all of a sudden something clicked with him because People, we quit talking about his contract. What are they going to do with his contract? Okay, now they got the player that they thought they had, and that carried through to the playoffs. Um, but I tell you, from a columnist standpoint, Paul Maurice is is a godsend. Yeah. Because he he's the, he's the type of coach, you ask a question, he gives thoughts, he gives perspective, he, he gives interesting stories
0: and anecdotes about what's going on. What I really want to have you on here, Dave, because you certainly know more than I do. You've been covering the Dolphins for a long time. and Long time, time, all right? (laughs) And Don Shula, obviously, we love Shula. All-time wins leader. He is still 29 wins ahead of Bill Belichick. I don't know if Belichick's going to win another game this year, all right? He's stuck on 299. It it feels like he's forever away from Shula. It kind of reminds me of when Tiger Woods was a lock to catch Jack Nicklaus, and then it was like, he's definitely never going to catch him. It kind of feels like that with Belichick now. He seemed like a lock to catch Shula. And now I don't know how he's going to catch him. But what I really want to talk to you about, I'm listening on ESPN radio yesterday. And I'm listening to Carlin versus Joe. And both of them are talking about Belichick, whether he's going to return. And then talking about catching Shula and that whole deal. And very flippant, like it was a foregone conclusion. Belichick, definitely better than Shula nobody's ever going to debate that moving on. Like they spent no no time on it. And to me, if you want to say Belichick is the best ever, if he's better than Shula, fine. But there's certainly a conversation to be had about it, in my opinion. Shula was a big winner in Baltimore. He was a big winner in the 70s with the Dolphins, a big winner in the 80s with the Dolphins. And even in the 90s, didn't even have an under 500 season. Belichick, massive winner with Brady, did was a loser before Brady, and now a loser post Brady. So at the very least, Dave, don't we have to have a conversation about Shula being better than Belichick?
1: Well, well, here, here here's the book, still perfect, forward by Don Shula. So you so you know what side I'm going to take on this, Jonathan. I got Don Shula writing forward to a book I wrote, still perfect about the '72 Dolphins so and and we can go down his his story um Unitas, moral greasy uh moral again with the dolphins when 72 when they lost their starting quarterback he won with david woodley he won with marino he won running the ball he ran passing the ball he ran the 60s and won in the 80s and 90s completely he reinvented how offenses ran with marino in 84 um so uh, I, I get if you're just going to count Super Bowls, Belichick wins. If you're going to count transitioning and changing, adapting, winning with different people in different ways, which to me is what a lot of coaching's about, not just riding one horse to the finish line, but having to adapt to ways and, and, and use different quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, David Woodley, how they got to the Super Bowl with David Woodley, a guy who – uh, you know, didn't even probably belong on an NFL s- squad other than to hold a clipboard. Um, that says something. So, um, yeah, I, I, if you want to take Belichick and, and and this is your point of focus of the last 20 years, I, I get it. But if you want to look in a historical context and until he gets that mark, until he gets that all-time wins mark, if he does, I, I mean, as Shula said when I asked him, you know how are you the best coach ever? He said, "Well, how do you judge that?" And I said, "Scoreboard usually." And he goes, "Okay, let's let's use that as the barometer." Then
0: <laughs>
1: Shula didn't
0: like Belichick, right?
1: He didn't like him certainly at the end. In fact, I was at his house once, and uh this is where it all started. And we were—I asked him about Belichick going after his mark, and he said, "You mean Belichick?" And I said you know because i'm like whoa, whoa 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 bellage and and i was like do i put this in because you know he was older and and you know i knew it so i actually put it but it was lower in my column i didn't make it and peter king picked up on it and and then shula in a in a mass press conference when he, he just went and called him bellage Sheet again so you know it's getting back to the uh you know, deflate gate and the, the other episodes, the spy gate and whatever other gate you want to come up with. So, um, you know, the, the, it's kind of sad in that respect to me and that, you know, Belichick loves Shula. When when Shula opened a steakhouse in Cleveland, Belichick came out and sat with him. Um, and you know, this was back in the nineties when he was the Cleveland Browns coach and he has a, a, uh, a gra, a love of football history. Belichick does so, he, it, it, you know, and and his father knew knew Shula, Navy coach when shula's with Baltimore. So, in in that respect, it's sad, but Shula Shula had his opinions.
0: So, at the very least, it sounds like you would confirm. Take Belichick if you want as the great as the better coach, but I think we at least can have a conversation about Shula, right? Oh, absolutely. And I don't think it's
1: what if Belichick goes out with three or four wins this year, comes back five wins next year. And it just underlines this idea. Okay, he had Brady and they were a great team together. You know, and I'm not in the camp that, oh, he only won because of Brady. No, he went through a lot of mutations of that roster to win. But Shula went across decades across several quarterbacks developing and finding how they work and changing. So, you know, I think it will be a real debate if, if Belichick doesn't do what we all thought was uh, foregone and, and, and
0: break the all-time wins record. Dave plug the books. I know you got perfect back there. You got the Jimmy Johnson book plug what you got going on. (laughs) Well, yeah, I got,
1: uh, let's see, we got swagger with Jimmy Johnson. That was a blast. Can you imagine getting to go down to the Keys and visit Jimmy every uh, few couple of weeks and talk to him forever? I got 1968, made, made my favorite book. It, was, it, was, it turned into a profile of Woody Hayes. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and this was the first team I covered. And I thought, I was talking to one of the guys once, and I thought, well, that'd be kind of fun to do a book. And I just started and organically grew. And Woody Hayes was such a strange wonderful, awful character of, you know, 20 players on a team talked about how he punched them in practice or in games. (laughs) And yet to this day, they love him, and talk about how he changed their life and, and helped them on their career. So, I I mean, anyways, it's sort of about sports. You got Jimmy, you got the, the perfect team and you got Ohio state. So it's been been a lot
0: of fun doing books. Great job, Dave. Uh, I appreciate the perspective today. Of course you can read Dave South Florida, Sun Sentinel. Thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks, guys. Excellent job by Dave Hyde. Always appreciate him hanging out with us. And you know all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of the program. We're talking Johnny Cuba, European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. I had a bunch of people. We did the Johnny Cuba Zaslow Show 2.0 tailgate At the Dolphin game this past Sunday, we were giving out Johnny Cuba's everywhere. Folks are asking. I love it. It's so delicious. Where do I get it? Sedano's, Presidente, Win dixie Fresco y Moss. Go pick up a six-pack today. You'll thank me later. Again, Johnny Cuba, official beer of Zaslo Show 2.0. And of course, don't forget, remember, always have to drink responsibly. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Let's get to our Week 7. We're going into Week 7. Week 6 ended last night with Monday Night Football. Let's get to our Week 7 Zaslow Show 2.0 NFL Power Rankings. That's right. So here we go. This is what it looks like going into this weekend. The Dolphins, a major game Sunday night in Philadelphia. An Eagles team coming off of a loss they feel shitty about. It's their first loss of the season. And the Dolphins, with their second huge opportunity of the season, to really make a statement. Do what you're supposed to do against the Panthers. Do what you're supposed to do against the Giants. Shitburger teams like the Patriots. They had one opportunity. They went into Buffalo. They got smoked. Now you got another opportunity. What are you going to do with it? Alright. Last night, Monday Night Football. Cowboys get a game they... Uh, not a must-win game. It was like a, a game they had to have. Alright? To kind of, you know, shut people up a little bit. So the Cowboys now 4-2. and two, And really the Cowboys first... Like... <coughs> First good win of the season. Not that the Chargers are, are some first prize. They're now two and three. But because it was on the road. I know it was mostly a Cowboy, you know, uh, a, a Cowboy stadium. It was mostly Cowboy fans. But nonetheless, that that's that's a win that you had to have at your Dallas. Mike McCarthy, total meatball coach. Can't possibly trust him. But you want to talk about who you can't trust. This Justin Herbert, to a tongue of a lower conversation. I'm sorry, it's over. Justin Herbert is Really, really good. Tua's better. And once again, with the game on the line, what does Herbert do? Interception. Game over. Herbert's really good. He's not Tua. I feel like we kind of know who Herbert is now, which is a really good quarterback. Tua continues to ascend. Tua continues to get better. And right now, Tua is league MVP right now, especially because Brock Purdy had that shit game the other day, and McCaffrey left early, I mean, I don't know if, he- McCaffrey, they're hopeful he's going to play this week, Tua right now looks like league MVP, I don't want to hear about Justin Herbert anymore, but here are our week seven Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings, we'll count down from five to one for dramatic purposes, here we go, number five, holding the number five spot, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs won against Denver. It was not impressive last Thursday. I am not impressed overall with the Chiefs. I expect in a few weeks when the Dolphins go to Germany to play the Chiefs, I expect the Dolphins to win. So the Chiefs hold steady at number 5. At number 4, holding steady at 4, Detroit Lions. Look, Lions are really good. They won at Tampa 20 to 6. Game wasn't really close. And I was wrong about Man Campbell. That, this, is, this is probably the best Lions team of my life, which is a crazy thing to say, right? They stay at number four in the power rankings. Number three, down a spot from last week, the Philadelphia Eagles. <clears throat> the Eagles, they lose to the Jets on Sunday afternoon. We all saw that it was a great game. The Eagles, they drop a spot, losing a game that they really should have had because their schedule of these next seven weeks is very difficult. Number two, up one spot, the Miami Dolphins. That's right. I don't have the Dolphins number one. I did have them climb a spot. I need the Dolphins had a proper blowout against Carolina, like you wanted. I need the Dolphins to get a signature win before I jump them to the top spot. This weekend in Philadelphia. No matter what San Francisco does on Monday Night Football, this would be a signature win. I will bump the Dolphins to number one next week if they win in Philadelphia. And number one, again, the entire season, the San Francisco 49ers, even though they lost in Cleveland, San Francisco remains at the top spot. So the top three teams, all with the best records in the NFL at 5-1, and one, are San Francisco, Miami, and Philadelphia. Top 5 power rankings, number 5 Kansas City, number 4 Detroit, number 3 Philadelphia, number 2 Miami, number 1 still the San Francisco 49ers. And that is our heading into week 7 Zaslo Show 2.0 NFL Power Rankings. Guys, I've been telling you about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru for about 4 months now. And that's because they're the official car dealership of Zazlo Show 2.0. So if you're thinking about getting a new ride, if you want it to be an easy, exciting, fun process, and get the widest selection of Subarus around, yeah, I'm sending you a Northport L'Oreal Subaru. Whatever Subaru you're looking for, they get all the newest Subaru models on the market. You're looking for something big, something spacious, a Subaru SUV maybe you're just looking for something fun, a Subaru sedan for yourself, I send you to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru where you're going to get the perfect model for you and your family. And don't forget about that North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. Guaranteed most money for your trade, three-day exchange policy, out the door in 90 minutes or less after you say yes, 100% credit approval, lifetime vehicle warranty when you shop NFLSubaru.com. Again, NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal, we start things out today with Monday Night Football last night. Before the game got going, you had the studio crew there. It was Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark and Marcus Spears and Stephen A Smith out there in Los Angeles and Stephen A talking about some some ladies he was hanging out with when he was a young gentleman and the crew started cracking jokes i had i had uh, lady friends and you know they were cowboy friends ah, we they, they must have went, they
1: went to the white house <laughs>
0: Well, that, hey, that's it's not in Washington, D.C.
1: Must have went to the that's, not, house. that's not in Washington, D.C. And, and that's not where the president <laughs> okay. did Leo.
0: That's you know not in Washington, D.C. You know what? You know what? That, that's a, that's a, that's, that is not true, but I would have said the same thing. I'd have said the same thing he said. I'd have said it. Yeah, of course, those those Dallas Cowboy teams from the 90s, the White House. Those were those parties in the hotel rooms on the road. It was a little bit of Uh, yay-yo. Chi-chi, get the yay-yo. You know what I'm talking about. So I'm going not a big deal. That's funny shit. I like it. Big deal or not a big deal. So here, talking about the Dallas Cowboys, and of course they were playing the game, but Troy Aikman, he was on those White House Cowboy teams. He was not part of those parties. Troy Aikman, here he is acknowledging, you know there's that meme going around how Troy Aikman looks like white Jay-Z.
1: Jay-Z is in the house tonight. Reaching for a refreshment. Yeah. There's a meme that's going around. People think that's my doppelganger, you know. <laughs> me, me and J.C. <laughs> how about, I see how about, it. How about I that? LeBron, he's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> What's gotten into you, man? It, uh, something, yeah. Something's off.
0: I'm going big deal. I like it that Troy Aikman's got a sense of humor about it. He's cracking jokes. I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So last night, yet had game one. NLCS. In Philadelphia, Phillies hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks, and how about the first pitch in the bottom of the first inning?
1: Kyle Schwarber ready to lead off. First ball swinging, and there it goes—an ambush by Schwarber, and it's one to nothing, Phillies.
0: Kyle Schwarber, very first pitch, home run, a blast, an absolute rocket. Into the right field seats. The place is on fire. Phillies win 5-3. They take a 1-0 series lead. Game two is tonight. That's a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. Last night, you had the Texas Rangers hang on. They scored four runs in the top of the first. They hang on and beat the Astros 5-4. Texas now leads that series two games to none. Game three is in Arlington on Wednesday night as the Rangers will look to take a stranglehold of this series. It'll be Max Scherzer on the hill for Texas, looking to give them what they traded him, what they brought him in for, and that is definitely a big deal. That right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. Yes. Alright, today's show brought to us by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who hung out and listened to us today. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that fun stuff. Go back and listen to yesterday's episode of It's Still Real to Me. You could also check the show out at youtube.com slash at Zaslo Show. The whole show of It's Still Real to Me is on the YouTube channel, but only parts of Sazlow Show 2.0 are on the YouTube channel because I always want you to listen to podcast. If you want to catch out some of the video, catch, up, catch some of the video, go ahead. But the podcast is where it's at for me. That's how I get all the monies. And that's how you guys continue to support the sponsors who support the show. We go round and round. And then everybody is so happy. Thanks to everybody who listened. Thanks to all the sponsors, of course. Thanks to my crew who helped put together a great show today, as always. We'll talk to you on Zaslow's show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means.